It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 27th of November. Another, I don't really know what's going on, but we'll take a deep dive and look into it and maybe an honest realization that some of this has long-term ramifications. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Uh, we used to, uh, this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky little numbers, a lot of that today. Um, we used to do something, we opened every show called Daily Devar. And that was this guy, Devar, who I knew, who always had this great attitude and was always so happy about the team. And this was in the midst of kind of where the fan base was pretty split on what we were supposed to be doing. And I had that experience last night, I wanted to share it. And after the game, these two young boys came up to me afterwards. They were so happy. They wanted pictures taken. So I got. So I actually said, well, if they're taking a picture with me, I want a picture with them because they were in such a good mood and so happy. I'm going to actually post it on my Instagram. I wrote down their names and then forgot the piece of paper. So I've forgotten their names. I think it was Ethan and somebody else, which is a total bummer, and I suck for that. Um, but it was just great. These two kids, they're young kids, they were – one was wearing their purple jazz jersey. The other was in their city jazz jersey. And they were just in the best mood and so fired up after the game. And I just, it it was uplifting. So my daily devour today is these two kids. I'm going to post it later today on my Instagram. You'll see it. You can follow me at Instagram at DLock09. Uh, I drop every quarter. I drop little updates on games if you can't make it to the games. Ron and I do a shoot-around report for you. A lot of fun content. Um, all the player interviews when available. So it's a pretty good little site, but I'm going to drop that today. You're going to see it if you follow me on Facebook at Locked on Sports or if you follow me on at DLock09 uh, on Instagram, and I, that's the story behind it, and I just thought it was great. Like, we'll get into everything that's going on and why the Jazz lost by 33 again last night and all that kind of stuff, but those two kids just were really uplifting, totally fired me up. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, Grip 6, and Action Eat. Here's my plan for today uh, for the show. Uh, we'll talk about last night's game. Then we'll dig into what's going on defensively. And then more importantly, we're going to really dig into our inability to make a shot. Uh, I think most people are talking defense. I actually think it's a, an offensive issue far more than a defensive issue. I think there's uh, my general thesis here are my, if you only want three minutes of this program and you want to move on with the day, here are my two thesis statements for you today. One is if it's a collective group of greatness last year, it is possible that the collectiveness also can go be so intertwined that it goes the wrong way. And I kind of think that's where we are. And then the second thing is that I actually think it's an offensive issue far more than a defensive issue. Um, right now and that the defensive issues will straighten themselves out and I'm and hopefully the offensive issues will all right let's start with um obviously there's something bizarrely difficult about the matchup for the Jazz with the Indiana Pacers they've beat us by a combined 60 points um it was not a good night 
the Jazz fell behind early. The starters struggled right out of the gate again. Um, and that's probably something that's uh, got to be addressed. Uh, they they addressed it a little bit in that one game. And, you know, and it, this is kind of complicated because we talked about this on postcast last night. Like, your Jay Crowder is struggling as much as anyone, and we're going to sit around and talk about that he's the answer. But it might, it might be uh, in some way. You just can't. It's not as bad as people are making it sound with the starters, um, but we're falling behind too often. I think that's um, – and it's – it, you know, and now if you kind of take it back <clears throat> through the last few games, including last night, so they were considerably negative last night when uh, by the time the starters got – and it's, we're talking four minutes every time. You just can't be playing from behind in every game. Um, is it every game? Nah, not really. Uh, in fact, the third quarters have been worse than the first quarters. But recently, it seems to be uh, more extreme than it was before. And the easy answer is you switch out Crowder for favors. Now, whether that's the answer, we haven't had Donovan. And frankly, if you go look at the numbers, Derek and Rudy have been fine this year when with Donovan. But when without Donovan, they haven't. Now, with that said, if you kind of stretch us back through uh, the last, since the 76er game, by the, in the first quarter, four minutes minus 10. Boston game, four minutes minus five. Indiana, four, five minutes plus one. Sacramento, three minutes minus seven. Lakers, uh, first quarter minus three. And Indiana minus eight. So, they have not, the last time we finished a first quarter where we subbed out the starters and were ahead was the whole, was the game in Dallas uh, where I think we ended up losing by a million. So, ironically enough, that was the last time and then Memphis when we won at Memphis. Uh, so, th- that that might be some, there's, there's something else just about the way Indiana plays with that high pick and roll and um, taking 40 non-restricted area twos last night, making 20 of them that causes us, that's a ridiculous number, uh, causes us some difficulty. The other thing, Indiana just gets into us. The opening plays of both games were so symbolic. The opening play of the game in Indiana, it's a pass to Favors at the top. Thaddeus Young just gets in him. Favors meekly moves around, trying to avoid the contact. Throws a terrible pass, fast break the other way. Last night, Opening play of the game, Rubio gets picks up a dribble too early. Uh, Darren Collison gets into him, and with four on the shot clock, Joe Ingles throws up a prayer that's no good, and then we just start the turnover mess. Favors turns it over at 10-25. Next possession, Ingles turns it over. Uh, next possession, Favors scores a hook shot. We throw the ball around, it bounces around, and luckily gets to Ingles for a three. Um, then Rubio turns it over. Then Rubio turns it, Ingles turns it over. Then Rubio turns it over again. We turned it over five of our first 11 possessions to open the night last night. That's, that's just terrible basketball. There's nothing, we don't need to sugarcoat that. Um, and there's a bizarreness to what's taking place in how much variance there is. Uh, particularly a little bit on the defensive end. Last night was another pretty poor night. We've now had... Eight nights this year where our defense was really, really good. And we've had probably eight nights this year where the defense was really, really bad. That's weird. 
uh, there's been almost no middle ground. And I'm not really sure how you explain that. We've had um, games, we've had 114 or more, 107 being about the league average, in uh, eight games. And we've had 101 or less in eight games. That's 16 of our 21 games. Like our standard deviation of defensive performance is all over the map. That's to me is strange. That to me, again, is I'm not, I don't know honestly. So there's three takes on that. One is that um, the fatigue and the defense, uh, the fatigue is a factor. The schedule's brutal. We've played good teams, and that we're just collectively lacking juice on a lot of nights. And so, therefore, kind of when you look at a night that go through the schedule and don't look at the defensive rating, but look at it beforehand, and you'll if you kind of try to make a guess on what nights you won't be very good, um, other than the Warrior game, it kind of shows up. Um, so, uh, and actually, the there's an outlier, which is the game at Denver, where I would have certainly suspected we would be terrible. Um, we are not. It. We have not played a back-to-back home game since the 9th of November. Like, we knew this was coming. It's brutal. But it's hard to keep going back. It's an interesting thing. We know that to be true. And we accept it to be true, and then we don't want to keep making the same excuse, but if we know it to have been true a week ago, it's still true today. But I kind of am with you. The magnitude of the losses I actually don't think matter. Uh, We got blown out a lot last year, too. That kind of happens. Uh, So it's not great. Here's the reality of the situation. You are beginning, as weird as it is, at 9 and 12 early in the season. When you suddenly go over, we've gone now a little over a quarter of the year at below 500. Trying to get to 48 wins starts to get semi-complicated. Like, I think you got to go 38 and 23, right? Or that's 47. So you've got to go 39 and... 23 the rest of the way that's like I don't feel like we're anywhere close right now to going 39 and 23 even if the schedule gets soft now that's because we've lost a bunch of games and it certainly doesn't feel that way but that's playing at a 52 win pace team the rest of the way to get to 48 wins now like you begin to start to narrow down your margin even more. And, you know, we've also, we did this last year too, and we got through it, but you've also got to the point where you're kind of one, you've got to avoid that injury. Now, maybe we're having it right now. I mean, Donovan has missed four games, and we're not particularly good uh, without Donovan. Defense last year versus this year, that inconsistency will also, some other weird things going on, and I'm going to really dig deep into some numbers that you won't get anywhere else uh, next. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. 
<laughs> funny. Blake Murdoch last night had all had just a ton of work to do and was bringing his son to the game. And uh, he, I was talking during the day, and he was like, do you think I can bring my laptop? And I was like, dude, you're going to the game with your son. He's like, I know, I got a bunch of work to do. think I can sneak it in? And um, he's like, all right, no, I would never do that. And I texted him after the game, you should have brought your laptop. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of exciting things going on at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Uh, what? First off, you've got the Murdoch guarantees, right? So you've got the car washes for life and the oil changes, actually, and the safety inspection for life. And you've got your, you've, uh, um, and I think we actually, we have, we, we actually have our, um, we have our, we have oil, we got oil changes as well. Uh, we just, because I know my wife was just down there the other day doing it. Uh, then you've got the price match guarantee and you've got the return policy. But what they've also got is great Black Friday deals um, going on. All sorts of fun little things like you get a Hot Wheels car for the kid. and Just it shows you kind of the atmosphere and the fun and, and what's going on there. Here's what I would tell you. If you're looking for a new car and you don't have Hyundai on the list, you can decide what you want to buy, but make sure you look and see what you can get from Hyundai and what those options are from Hyundai. Because I think what you'll you'll be really impressed by how much you can get for your dollar. We were. That's why we bought the Santa Fe. Is because by the time we put it all together, looked at it, what you got for the dollar, all the safety features, all the other nice features, it was unquestionable that the highest value I could get was from Hyundai, and that's why we bought the Santa Fe. So check it out, 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and Linden. Today's show is also sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat's pretty awesome. If you're a hunter, a football fan, you could have used it this weekend. Uh, This is a great gift. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. I just got my Action Heat stuff, and my wife looked at it like, uh, excuse me. My son, who's a ski racer, was like, excuse me. So it's engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees. They're powered by a rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery, and they last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. I love that. How you? Where's your charger? My chest? Yes, I am a human charger. It's really cool. Perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anyone you know hates the cold hunting. It's really cool. So they got heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, undergarments, heated base layer, shirts, long johns. You can stay warm and cozy head-to-toe with Action Heat, available in men's and women's. So, Action Heat. Dot com slash locked on to check out. You get 20% off your entire order. That's actionheat.com slash locked on. Get your entire order. I I don't know if my wife can hear me, but she will be getting some. My son will probably be getting some too. So stay toasty and warm. It's going to be a gift in our house. It's super fun. Actionheat.com slash locked on. All right, let's go defense for a second. So the jazz defense is not nearly as good. So what What do we look at? We dig into the four factors. I'm going to go to cleaning the glass, which takes out blowout time and gives you a a pretty good, I'm going to be kind of mixing between some numbers here that aren't totally compatible, but it's an easier way for me to look at it and it's an easier way probably for you to digest it. So our defense is not as good, right? Last year we were number one on NBA stats, uh, defensive team, and according to cleaning the glass defensively last year, we were number two. 
this is worth noting. In non-blowout time, the defense is ninth in the NBA. It's not terrible. The biggest change is twofold. Okay, one, we're fouling less, which is good. We're rebounding the same, which is good. We're forcing a few less turnovers, but only a little bit, and it's getting much better. Teams are shooting really, really well against us. We're the ninth-ranked defense in the NBA, and teams are 24th in, we're 24th in the league defending the shot. So what, what is, why have we gone from the sixth-best team in the league defending the shot to the 24th team in the shot? Let's look at it. Teams we rank currently defensively, first thing is at the rim. Interestingly, at the rim. We are 22nd in the league defending at the rim at 64.2%. We are 10th best at defending, at, at denying you to get in the restricted area. Okay, so that's different. It's It's... It's not crazy different, actually. Um, It's different. Like, it's different. We went from 8th best to 21st best defending the rim. What's crazy different is what's happening to us in the mid-range. Last year, short mid-range, according to Clean the Glass, we were the 8th best team. This year, we're 26th. Long mid-range shots. Last year, teams hit 39% against us, which was 10th best. This year, they are hitting 45% against us in the mid-range on long twos. So the easy answer, and I listened to Britton last night, and I I didn't disagree with him when I was listening to it on the postgame show at all. Um, I've heard our coaches say it. I didn't disagree with them at all. And I went to go look. There's through the website second spectrum you can actually run the numbers of where people are shooting what their expected field goal percentage should be in those circumstances and whether or not you're defending it better or not so in this day and age is as awesome this is incredible in this day and age the easy answer when you hear this is well we're clearly allowing We're trying to deny the three, deny the rim. We're allowing way too many open mid-range shots, and people are killing us on it. I mean, they're killing us on it. Last night, Miles, last night the Pacers went 20 of 40 on mid-range shots. So I can literally go into the computer now through this program called Second Spectrum, and I can highlight areas on the floor. So I've now taken and highlighted all of the areas that are two-point shots that are not in the paint. Okay, I will do the others in a second. And it will give me the likelihood of any shot going in if the average player takes that particular shot based on defender and where they are on the floor. And guess what? Last year, the, the what's called QSQ, quantified shot quality, was 39.4. And this year, it's 39.7. It's our defense is seemingly no different. No different. The shot quality is the exact same it was a year ago. Guess what? Over 1,700 shots last year. Guess what team shot when they were supposed to shoot 39.4? 39.4. 39.4. 
exactly what they were supposed to shoot, over 1,700 shots. And a sample size of 325 shots this year. They're shooting 44.6. Five percentage points better than expected. All right? And, interestingly, by the way, we're allowing fewer of them than we did last year at this time. Or less than. I don't know which is right. I never get that right. Okay. So my next reaction was, and I will say that I got a little help on this one. Well, maybe players or teams are like Toronto and they're having better players shoot mid-range shots and that's the trend that's changing in the league is that better players are taking mid-range shots and so therefore that's causing us the problem. Well, Second Spectrum has the measures the likelihood of a shot going in, taking into account the shot quality we just talked about, as well as who is shooting. And last year, we were at 40.5, and this year we're at 40.7. Exact same. And last year, team shot one percentage point below what they expected, and this year they're shooting four percentage points above. Honestly, I know this is so unfulfilling, but we're having a bad sample size and bad luck. All right, let's add the area where we were best last year defending, which is paint non-restricted area. And then it gets to be a little bit of a change. A little bit. We go to 43.3 last year to 44.0. But still... With that said, this year teams are shooting three percentage points better than they should have. Last year they shot two percentage points less than they should have. And if you count who's shooting, it's the exact same. It's actually closer than it was. So honestly, as we're ninth in the league defensively, if you take out blowout time, and we're getting crazy unlucky in defending the shot. The other one is we went from 14th in the league guarding the corner three to 25th, and we went from fourth best at denying the corner three to 13th. So that's not that doesn't look great. That gets into this. Now we're suddenly we're we're cracking defensively because of all these shots going in, and we're suddenly breaking our um, what we our principles are, and that is true. We are allowing 0.5 more corner threes. However. The quantified shot quality of the corner threes we allowed last year was 56.6%. This year is 56.3. It's less. And teams are shooting eight percentage points better on corner threes. And if you account for who's taking the shot, it's even more different. There's one... Last year was a 53.9, and this year's 52.7. We sh- it should actually be even better. And now there's a six percentage point difference. We're kind of getting unlucky there, too. Sample size 555 versus 142. The only thing I'll say to take away the numbers, and this is just bull crap, actually, but it makes me feel better because just to rely on the numbers sounds so stupid. We must not be playing with the same amount of thrust. We must not be impacting teams and having them uncomfortable. Either they're prepared for us, and so they know where their shots are coming from. Or we're not impacting them in the same way. But truthfully, defensively, I'm not worried. 
because there's just a bunch of funky, weird stuff going on, and I don't think it's something that can last. What I am concerned about, I'll touch on in a second. Today's show brought to you in part by Grip Six Belts. Grip6.com slash lock. Grip6.com slash lock. Great holiday gift. I use the Grip 6 belt ever since Keenan sent it to me. Now that's what I wear. I've got three different buckles. i got two different um, uh, straps. That's the really cool part is that you can interplay the strap and the buckle so you can change it up. Uh, you can get your gray, black, brown belt, and then you can flip through the different belt buckles. If you want to buy a collection uh, in which you can get three buckles and three belts, Plus the Grip 6 hanger for 33% off. It's just $89. Use the promo code LOCK89. Super great gift for someone. 20% off any belt, individual belt, buckle, strap combination. But right now you can use go to their uh, Black Friday sale. Still going on. And that's actually a little bit of a better deal for you. Um, so their Cyber 30 is a better deal. So go check it out. Uh, all sorts of cool little combinations. Play around with it. Good kids collections. I got a women's series. They got the Soul series. I bought my dad. Uh, wait a sec. I can't tell you what I bought my dad because he listens to this show. And so then he'll know his Christmas gift. I love the honeycomb thing that they've built as well. Check it out. Grip6.com slash locked. Local Utah company. Indestructible belt. Uh, and great flexibility. You can use it as a golf belt, a formal belt casual belt, uh, and particularly if you change up the variations on it. It's grip6.com slash lock. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, here's what I'm concerned about. We can't shoot. We're 29th in the league in three-point shooting. Um, that's unusual. In the last five games, our offense ranks 28th in the league. That gets rid of the Dallas disaster. The last 10 games, we ranked 29th in the league offensively. We're 26th in the league overall offensively. This, to me, is far more disconcerting than what's taking place defensively. If you look at our last 10 games, the numbers are incredible. Crowder, 24%. Mitchell, 25%. 
Alec Burks, 22%. Grayson Allen, 25%. George Niang, 22%. Dante Exum, 21%. Howell Neto, 20%. Royce O'Neal, 10%. Tabo, 20%. Joe Ingles is at 42 and Ricky Rubio is at 38 for our last 10 games of three-point shooting. We don't have, like, and it's not just three-point shooting, by the way. Let's make sure we're clear on this. Last night, we were 5 of 20 on mid-range shots. You know, I've heard the talk, we're taking too many threes. You know, honestly, the offense is getting great shots. The offense is getting great shots. The offense ranks near the top of the league in ninth in the league in sh- in shooting in the restricted area with the 10th most of sh- amount of shots last year. This year... We are getting at the restricted area at the fifth highest rate, and we're the eighth best team at the rim. So, like, oh, we got to attack more. The amount the Jazz are attacking with a team that can't shoot at all is incredible. They got 50% of their shots against Sacramento at the rim. They got 30, 40% of their shots against Indiana at the rim, and there's no threat they're going to make an outside shot. We're 26th in the league on corner threes and 25th in the league and above the break threes. Like, you can talk about we got to take more mid-range shots. We Fine, do it. It doesn't add up at all. We're 27th in the league in paint non-restricted, and our mid-range shots were 10th at 41%. If it gives guys confidence, do it. Go for it. But the fact is, the shot distribution on this team is great. We're taking maybe two more threes a game than we did a year ago. Taking two more threes a game than we did a year ago cannot explain this collective inability to make a shot. And then what's even more nerve-wracking, at least to me, is let, like, well, maybe different guys are taking shots now than took them last year. So, so far, so this year, or if we just went to the last, you know, we can take it for the whole year. Um, but last year in the final... Stretch of the game, last final 38 games, when we were 30-8, and eight and we were so good. Donovan was taking seven and a half threes a game. He's taking six and a half now. Jay Crowder was taking five and a half. He's taking six and a half, so he's taking one more. Joe Ingles was taking six. He's taking six. Ricky Rubio was taking 3.5. He's taking 4.3, so he's taking one more. Jonas Jerebko was taking two at 41%, and that number has kind of become, I don't know who. Royce O'Neal was taking 1.8. He's down, taking only one. Alec Burks took 1.6. He's taking more now. He's hitting a much higher percentage. Our same guys are taking the same shots that they got when we were collectively hot, and now we're collectively cold. It's almost like it's... Like, the fact that everyone likes each other and cares so much is a bad thing right now. It's the exact same shots we got a year ago from the exact same guys. Let's check. Okay, wide open threes. We rank fifth in the league at 18.6. We slipped after last night. And we 18.9 is third. We were third. We're fifth in the league in open, wide open, six feet plus three-point shots. We're 20... Seventh in percentage. Oklahoma City, Detroit, Washington, Atlanta's worse. 
All right, maybe we're taking more. We're trying to take all these threes, so we're trying to take more contested threes. Well, we're 27th in the league in taking contested threes. We've taken like three all year. All right, how about two to four feet defended? We're 27th in the league at that. We take two of them. We don't make them at all. We shoot 10% on them. Okay, we should probably get rid of, that's Jay Crowder, we should get rid of the two contested threes a night. That might change. That help. That would help. We're hitting 10% of those shots. But it's, we're not doing it often. We're just missing. Collectively. The same guys that we're making. Four to six feet open. We're 28th in the league in three-point shooting when guys are four to six feet open. We hit 31%. Six feet are open. As I said, we're low on that totem pole. We, we've always gotten these looks. Last year, we took the third most. We made 39% of our wide-open three-point looks. This year, we're making 345 Four to six foot jump shots. Or defender within four to six from three. Last This year we're making 31%. Last year we made 34%. I mean, this is the same. We're missing the same looks we got a year ago. Okay, the only statistical thing that I can find that I would kind of check into and say, okay, I got to get a little better at this might be we are not running off of rebounds, okay? We're, we're last year, well, actually, let me rephrase that. We're not having any offensive success off of live rebounds, according to Cleaning the Glass. Last year, we averaged 122.5 points off a live rebound when we pushed the ball up the floor. This year, we're at 94.4 last in the NBA. Huge difference. That's a big, big difference. That could just be we're missing the same shots we got a year ago in our early offense. These all could be the exact same thing. You know, our transition last year was effective, sixth best in the league. This year, it's not. Our half-court offense actually this year ranks better than it did a year ago. That's where our offense is not as good as transition. But to me, I'm guessing that's early, wide open, good look threes, and they're not going down. And I don't, I mean, I think you got to wait it out till they start to go down. And if they don't go down, then you're not good enough. I, I, I don't have anything better for you on that. But we're getting good looks. We have great shot distribution, and our guys have to make them. That's what I got for you today. That is Locked on Jazz. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I'll talk to you from Brooklyn early, early tomorrow morning. Um, Because I'm going to see, some of you will get this. Some of you won't. I'm going to see Allie Love tomorrow morning early. All right. Uh, I will, some of you got that. Hope you had a great day. Thanks for tuning in. If you listen to the radio broadcast, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this. Uh, And, Uh, Go grab Locked on NBA. Ben Golliver was on with the guys today. Fun show. Talk to you soon.
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.